The Forum at 8 with Polani Guala. 11 minutes after 8. Good morning. Welcome to the Forum at 8 here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Well, there's a, uh, an ongoing controversy surrounding the pending buyout of Irish-owned independent news and media SA by a consortium led by Segunjalo Investment Holdings. It, to a certain extent, and it appears that that's the crux of the matter, it has to do with the ownership of media in this country, or not. Let's hear now from my guest. Let me start with uh, Mr. Lumgum Tinde, the Chief Executive Officer of of the Media Development and Diversity Agencies on the line, MDDA. A very good morning to you, Mr. Mtimde. Good morning, Polani, and good morning to the listeners. And thank you for your time. Also on the other line, I have Anton Harbour. He's the Caxton Professor of Journalism. Professor Harbour, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your time. Nick Dawes is the chairperson of SANEF, but also is our outgoing chief uh, editor-in-chief, I beg your pardon, of the Median Guardian. Uh, Nick, good morning. you in Thailand this morning. Yes, I'm at the World Editors Forum in Bangkok. All right. Well, interesting. Maybe I should start with you, uh, World Editors Forum, but also Sanef has a view on this pending uh, uh, buyout of this Irish-owned independent news and media essay. What is the view of uh, Sanef? Sanef's view is simply that, you know, we would like to see a a really well-informed and uh, engaged public debate about both this deal and media ownership more broadly. So we would like to know more about um, the consortium that is buying the independent group, and we'd like to know more about their plans. I mean, but broadly speaking, of course, we we welcome investment in the media space at a time that's been quite difficult for the press, and uh, I think we're on record as uh, calling for more diversity in, in media ownership. So, you know, we don't have a particular issue with Dr. Survey or with a, with the consortium as far as we know it, but uh, we would like to see more information in the public domain so that the conversation can be better informed. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a press release by Segun Jalo uh, just a couple of days ago. One of the things is that they are saying is that uh, Sim and the sellers have a specific commercial transaction with confidentiality agreements and transaction timetable, which must be respected as in all such commercial transactions. Are you not putting undue pressure on Segun Jalo Independent Media Consortium to reveal uh, the details of the commercial transaction here, Nick? Well, that has been what they've said. They've said that um, the Irish sellers uh, don't want them to reveal the names of, of their partners before, uh, I think it's the 18th of June. Yeah. Um, of course, some of those names are already known. So I, I don't really understand why it's okay that we know the names of, of three or, or so of the investors, but not of the rest. And I think, you know, Dr. Survey has said that they will make known all of the names, so obviously we welcome that. We don't want the discussion to happen after everything is already fait accompli. So our preference would be for for, uh, the consortium to be as open as possible, as early as possible. And, you know, that that applies to media ownership in general. Um, But in this case, of course, there is a transaction happening. It's underway. And I think the discussion could be a lot more healthy if there was maximum openness from all sides. Uh, Professor Harper, why should South Africa be interested in who constitutes this consortium? Because newspapers are are a public trust in many ways. They're very important uh, in our society and in our politics. They are sources of power and influence. And uh, there's a great uh, public interest in knowing who and how they're controlled um, and uh, whether there's... uh, agendas and party affiliations uh, or independents involved, whether they're local or international owners. Um, you know, the independent group um, is the second biggest newspaper group in the country. 
And I think it's natural that people should want to know, um, as with any, you know, it's a private institution, but it has a public trust. It has a particular public role. And I think it's true of any organization like that, that we want to know as much as possible about it. But again, I'm looking at the statement I've just mentioned now. It goes on to say, Sim wishes to state its concern that it is being subjected to unusual scrutiny in some public quarters in relation to this transaction when there has been no such scrutiny when others have acquired competitor media groups. How do you respond to that then, Professor? Well, I don't think it's true. I think that um, when Times Media Group changed hands a number of times, there was often scrutiny and debate um, when the Mail and Guardian changed hands, uh, it was discussed by the staff and by the public and by its readers. Um, people care about these things. Um, uh, when when, when um, Pearson sold its share of business day uh, and financial mail back to South Africa, there was discussion about the meaning of this. Um, so I don't think it's true to say it's unusual. I think it's entirely predictable to be expected. But rather unfortunately the level of secrecy around it has stirred up controversy, um, and, and, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, Mr. Mtimde, are you worried about the, the level of secrecy? <laughs> uh, I, I agree with the principle of what Nick and uh, Prof is raising, which is transparency um, so that we all know and we're able to locate um, whatever transaction in the broader context of the transformation and the agenda of promoting media diversity. But I think we need to also respect the, the, the processes. Um, all these, they follow certain processes, be it competition commission processes or internal processes and so forth. And um, as far as I've um, been following this um, uh, uh, process, um, uh, Sekunjalo has indicated that it is indeed going to uh, uh, reveal who the consortium is, and I think um, we will get the information, and I don't think, therefore, there is necessarily secrecy. Um, perhaps we all want to know um, sooner rather than later, which is fair, but I don't think we need to then declare that there is secrecy in this process. Because again, uh, and I'm not going to, uh, Nick is going to make his point, he, he has just mentioned that part of what needs to happen is that the debate needs to happen now, no, not later. So we need to know now so that we, we are not caught off guard, in, in, in other words, so that we don't have a debate after all has been, after the transaction has been concluded. Yes, certainly, and I think there is that debate. It is taking place. It is taking place before the Competition Commission, um, and as we are having the debate now. But uh, I think we also need to, because I think Prof um, um, cited a lot of other examples of transactions that have taken place, and I, I don't think um, and, uh, um, we have put undue pressure in any of those transactions. We've had the similar debates that we are having. So let us debate. Let us contextualize what is it that we want to achieve. I think one of the things that have um, uh, kind of um, spoiled the debate is arguments that um, um, uh, this transaction may threaten media, free media freedom. And that is ill-informed, and certainly um, it worries other people because it begins to ask a question, why? And why was that question not asked when other transactions were taking place? So we need to be consistent and approach this debate within the broader context of what transformational changes need to happen in the media in South Africa and what is our uh, agenda in respect of media diversity. When, when other transactions were taking place, are you suggesting that there was no debate around the media freedom element? I've, I've not heard that particular element in, in, in this debate. 
and um, I think it's 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 unfair to suggest that when there is a measure that um, uh, is not horizontal, and then you then suggest that um, because it begins to bring in new owners who have not been part of the established, and then you begin to then uh, argue that that is threatening media freedom. I, I actually think that it is promoting media freedom, it is promoting media diversity, it is promoting transformation. But again, you're alluding to a number of issues, including the fact that there are new entrants now who have not been part of the establishment and that they may be threatening. Is that what you're saying, that they may be threatening the already established uh, uh, owners of the media? The, 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 the nature of the debate tends to suggest that, and I'm hoping that is not the case. Is, is that the case, Professor? Um, I, I, I don't think so. I think there's questions to be asked, and they must, they must be asked. I mean, let me agree... Um, that um, I think it's excellent that uh, ownership is coming home. I think it's excellent that uh, new owners are entering the arena. Um, all of this is healthy. I think that if it's, a, if it's an empowered, uh, transformational group of owners, I think that's interesting, but we don't really know that because we don't know the owners. I'm very struck by the irony that... Um, that, uh, the, uh, that, 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 that groupings like the ANC, um, who have um, been saying ownership must be debated and must be changed and must be diversified, um, are, uh, are, are, are now defending um, the fact that we don't know the full details of a new ownership. It seems to me there's a contradiction there that uh, should be played out. I mean, this problem goes away. Um, as soon as uh, Sekundjala gives the information. So it's really no big deal. And uh, I, 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 I hope they'll do it soon. I hope they won't, they'll do it before it's too late. Um, and I hope we continue to debate uh, media ownership because there remains important and difficult issues for us to trash out um, over time. All right. What I'll do is open the lines, but also because Nick is attending a conference and he, he will soon uh, have to go. I'm going to get the, the last comments from him. Your thoughts then on 891 on this ongoing debate? Perhaps a lot of things not necessarily being said, but more implied. Uh, what are your thoughts? What, are, what have you um, made of the debate on 891 I'll also be taking uh, SMSs at 34701, 34701. At the heart of it all, though, Nick, as far as you're concerned, what are the issues that we should be thrashing out. What, what should we be learning out of this acquisition? Well, the first thing I would say is that I think it's, this conversation is, is, is welcome. And although the controversy is distracting in some ways and, and, and challenging for people, here we are having a discussion on you know, Prime Morning Radio um, about why change in media ownership is important, why investment in one of South Africa's most critical media groups is important, and, and what kind of investment is going to be supportive of the democratic objectives um, of the South African media. So, so I think all of that is very healthy. Um, the call for transparency is really to understand the extent to which the deal will support these basic objectives of, of transformation and diversity uh, and, and objectives of, of quality, independence, and, and press freedom. So when we know... Uh, who the consortium partners are, when we know what the funding structures are, we'll be able to know whether this is an empowered deal, a broadly empowered deal, and a sustainably empowered deal um, in terms of its funding arrangements. We'll be able to know the extent to which, um, indeed, the investment is coming home, and we'll be able to know 
for for staff and editors at the independent group and for South African readers that that this is a business with a great future and that for the first time in many years it's going to have uh, real investment. So those are all things that we'd welcome and I think this conversation is very necessary mm. and very healthy and I hope we can get the public conversation onto a footing that primarily considers those issues. Sure, but just before I let you go then, the staff and editors issue, we've just raised it now. Clearly, uh, out of reports, the suggestion is that they are quite concerned. What do you know about their concerns, Nick? Well, I think essentially they, they're also anxious um, to have more information. They've been in a kind of an interregnum period for a number of months, and indeed for a number of years they've been dealing with very steep cost cuts uh, and layoffs and, and a lack of investment really in, in what is uh, in most uh, South African cities the provider of the main English language newspapers. So I think they are both anxious and uh, also excited because they they are hearing that perhaps there will be new investment uh, and opportunities to do more and, and better and more relevant journalism, uh, new investment in, in digital media and, and a range of other. I think they all look forward to that prospect. But at the same time, they don't know exactly uh, who their owners are going to be and, and what, their, what their plans are. So I think it's an anxious time for them. They want to be able to do their jobs really well. Mm-hmm. And they hope that the deal is going to facilitate that. And, and of course, that's what China hopes as well. Right. Nick Dawes, Chair of Sanify, thank you very much. Uh, he's in Thailand this morning. I'll take your calls then on 0891104288, but also just to point out that uh, we, we did invite uh, Segun Jalo, Independent Media Consortium, to come through, but what they did was to refer us to the press statement that they issued a couple of days ago, suggesting that they'll make an announcement, in fact, that they will release the details of the consortium members and funding partnerships on the 20th of June 2013, and that they are not in a position to participate in a radio discussion at this point. But let me get your thoughts then on this issue. Remember my guest, Anton Harbour, is the Caxon Professor of Journalism. Uh, also, I have on the other line, Lumgum Timde, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Media Development and Diversity Agency, the MDDA. What are your thoughts? Let's go to uh, Kwezi in Johannesburg. Good morning to you, Kwezi. Hello, Polani. I'm just going to be quite short here. Yeah. My personal view is that uh, the people demanding to know who the consortium members are, really represent a view in our society that says there is a group that must know better what happens in the media. And it's actually interesting how people from the Times Media and others have been up, have been the most vocal on this particular issue. And this comment about the fact that uh, because the ANC and other groups wanted transformation, then they need to know who the owners are ahead of time. It's not, it's not a, a valid comment because even after the consortium is announced, a people can assess whether it meets the objectives of transformation or not. So I think we should just have patience, and we should, should not seek to prevent other people from owning media by creating unnecessary controversies. That is my short comment on the matter. All right, Kwezi in Johannesburg, thank you. I'm going to ask Professor Harbour to respond to you in a minute, but let me go to Mvusi Epi. Good morning, Mvusi Wekai. and Yeah, hi, Bob. I'm not sure if I'll be able to measure the extent of my... Mvusi? Have we lost your line? Engage. Hello? Yeah, hi, go ahead. Whenever we engage on such issues in South Africa, we tend to be very childish than to be a, a, a mature in our discussion. Why I say so is that if you locate this argument uh, against the Gunjalo in the, within the political uh, uh, discourse of our society, you will realize that when the ANC wanted to start a newspaper, there were similar cries. When the new age came to the fore, 
there were similar cries. But when Times Media was bought, there were no similar cries. But rather, when, when, when there was a talk earlier uh, that uh, Tokyo wanted to expand his ownership, some people threatened to leave, and they never left uh, Sunday Times. My argument here is that when we talk about media ownership, let's focus on transforming media so that we don't get content that comes from what Madiba termed uh, a white middle class, as news editors at the time were mostly white. We should focus on, 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 on really uh, how that media is going to satisfy it, not to focus on, on, on arguing inconsequential issues like Sanef is doing. Why was Sanef quiet when, 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 uh, when Ilanga bought, uh, uh, why, why is it quiet rather about ownership of Ilanga newspaper? Why is it quiet about the political affiliation of the owners of NASPAS? Mbusi Ibi, NBE in Bisho, thank you very much. 0891 uh, please give me a call. Uh, I'll also be taking emails at guala, x at sabc.co.za, and SMS is at 34701. Professor Harbour? Um, thank you. I'm going to answer this, and then I have to leave you this morning. Okay. Um, um, let me say that um, ownership of media is complicated, and uh, Nick makes a very important point that it's very valuable that we're debating it now. I don't believe it it hasn't been debated in the past. I think the debate has changed and moved on. I I think we have become become obsessed about the identity of these shareholders, but in fact there are larger, wider issues of diversity and transformation, which hopefully we'll move on to, and forms of ownership. In this country, uh, we've had difficulties with public ownership and private ownership, so one hopes that there's space to explore wider issues around ownership. Um, uh, but let me say that um, um, I think there's all sorts of issues around uh, the, the purchase of this group. I mean, I, I, I wish that uh, in the towns in which they own two newspapers, such as Durban and Cape Town, that they be encouraged to sell off one of them in the interest of diversity and the creation of new, smaller media ownership groups. Hmm. So I think there's lots of interesting possibilities that arise out of this that we need to look at. All right, very interesting. I really thank you very much. Uh, uh, Professor Anton Harbour, Caxton Professor of Journalism, uh, but also on the other line, of course, I have Lungum Tidem. Maybe, uh, Mr. Timde, let me take a quick comment before I take the news headlines from you. Perpetua, um, I think Kwezi and Vosi have got a valid point. Um, but I also agree with uh, uh, Prof, but I hope that the point he is raising about um, the selling off is not just directed at Sekunjalo. Uh, that is a point that we, we, we possibly need to debate in terms of the broader who is who in the South African media. Because at this point in time, you've got four mainstream uh, 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 big companies that own everything we consume every day, and we need to diversify that. Right. Uh, let me thank you very much as well. Uh, what I'll do, I'll take the news headlines at 8.30. Come back, take more of your calls. There's Naeem and Alberton, Soli in Cape Town, among the people that have called already. Please do give me a call, 891 What do you make of the controversy that's been going on here? But broadly speaking, I think the issue is about media ownership in South Africa, transformation in the media in South Africa. What are your thoughts? 891 Good morning, Babakshini. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Right, and we're taking your thoughts then on the issues uh, of media diversity, media ownership in South Africa uh, on 0891 Also, of course, tracking that controversy surrounding the pending buyout of Irish-owned independent news and media essay. Let me read you some SMSs that have come through here. 
Somebody says, why don't agent provocateurs just come out and say it plainly? The problem is that Iqbal Survey is Muslim. Uh, it's fine for foreign Irish ownership, but not local Muslim. That's uh, Most SA media take news sources from a few well-controlled foreign bureaus and media houses like Bloomberg and Murdoch, but no uh, issues. So why then the hypocrisy? That's according to Joe. Uh, media form part of policy formulation, so it is important to know. Media has power over people with signing Giani. Uh, on SMS. Another one says uh, Iqbal survey protests too much we are suspicious. The Walmart deal was watched and we need to watch these people uh, secrecy that's par. Pete in Durban uh, on SMS. Sue says South Africa has only lately learned uh, from the Gupta saga that South Africa needs to know who is behind what. That's according to Sue. Uh, ask Gupta how difficult the new age they gave us free copies in Cape Town we don't need an ANC newspaper we need an independent one uh, like the one we have now Mzugisi in Kailicha uh, we should all not forget about the paranoia of this government to criticisms and that it is fastly reaching the Mobutu days they want to manipulate our thoughts that's pure in case then uh, it is the SACP that has released a statement about this and yet uh, you have not uh, mentioned it on SAFM uh, that is, uh, it's not signed, I'm not sure. Um, if you are, uh, of course, uh, speaking on behalf of the ASACP, please do give me a call. In fact, I believe that the the Secretary General of the SACP, Dr. Blade Zamande, is called. Uh, and, and let's go straight to him, then he's on the line for us this morning. Dr. Zamande, thank you for your call. Good morning. Well, good morning. <clears throat> thank you for taking my call. I just want to raise two things quickly. Yes, please. The first one is that... I'm concerned why our statement is being completely ignored in your program. We issued a very lengthy statement about this matter yesterday. In fact, we are the only ones practically who have responded on this matter. But we are not invited to participate in your program. We think it's very unfair. That's the first thing I want to raise. Mm. The second thing is just to indicate that our view as the SACP is that this whole hoo-ha, is really about people, those who are opposed to this, including Professor Harper, it's a pity that he has left. They have no interest in the transformation of the media in this country. They want to maintain the status quo. The questions they are raising, they have never raised them in relation to the monopoly by Caxton Group, by Media24. Secondly, Sanef is raising these matters about what Iqbal should do with the editors and all that. Yet Sanef has been quiet. Peter Bruce in the business day has been firing very senior black editors. Similarly, EPV, black journalists are living in droves. Times media have been same restructuring. To us as the SACP, what we're saying in our right. statement, the stance by Sanef does not represent the views of the majority of the people even in the media, they are unfortunately representing the interests of a white small elite that owns the media in this country and also that's dominant hmm. in the editorial rooms of our of our print media. Right, we would like to really make this point, Paul, and it's a pity that we're not 
participating in this debate because we've been consistent in raising these matters of ownership in this country. We'll, we'll certainly discuss the issue of what happened to your statement and why not uh, your, your, your invite. Uh, but let me, let me just pick up on some of the issues that you raise uh, because clearly you, you're mentioning publications and editors like Peter Bruce and you say they fired senior black editors. Like which one? Like who is the gentleman who was the editor of uh, the financial mail? Banim Tomboti. Yes. He left a bitter man. That is well known. And Peter Bruce, over and above, writes a column when he was advertising, when he became publisher of Business Day, and he was wanting an editor for the Business Day. He says bluntly, anyone who believes that the state has a role in the economy mustn't apply to be editor of the Business Day. Now, that's an ideological statement from media that is trying to present itself as impartial. So these are the points that we are actually making, that it looks like this is white editors who are firing journalists and black editors. Sharon Kokele, for instance, is living a very bitter man in business day. He has actually been saying these things about the fact that he is very happy that he is moving to another place. Unfortunately, we don't think that there is going to be much difference. This issue is a problem. Finance must be challenged. In fact, as the FACP would like, through your show, Polani, if it's acceptable to, to challenge Sanef to a full debate. All right, oh, fine, I, I can organize that. I'm more than happy to organize a, a, a full debate on some of the issues because then there are specific publications that you're mentioning and specific people, and perhaps they have, in fact, they do have a right to respond so that we can have a debate around that. Absolutely. But, yeah, I, I, do, I do thank you very much for, for giving me a call and raising some of the issues that you're raising, and we'll, we'll certainly be getting back to you and the SACP to take these matters further. Dr. Blake Zamanda, thank you. Uh, the SACP uh, Secretary General on the line. Uh, Mike Newlands, good morning. Oh, uh, hello there, good morning. Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, Hi there, Skamani. Two things quickly, I can't speak on behalf of the show, but I can uh, say that most Africans are really not interested in what Blair and the the Communist Party say. They're not an elected party. Why on earth did they be expected to be invited into a debate? They don't even have one seat in Parliament. Well, I mean, I suppose they would say the same about you. You you don't have a seat in Parliament, but you have a say on the show. So everyone has has a say on this show. Yeah, I'm, absolutely, certainly, absolutely sure. right. But I mean, he speaks as if the Communist Party is an elected representative of the people. It's certainly not. It's just a, it's just a grouping of people. That yeah, I, you know, for, I'm, I'm, really, I mean, I would like us to just make uh, our opinions because I, I don't think that we should uh, interrogate individuals. Uh, uh, right to air their views on this show or not. I think that everyone, every South African from all walks of life, whether they're part of a political party or not, have a right on this show. Skidani, I'll take sure. you, I'll, I'll, I'll go to that and I'll sure. debate, debate on your next show. My point I just wanted to quickly make is that given the, the, the corruption, the fact that the New Age is funded by the Guptas, the Guptas are in bed with our president, you know, and then we have Sikh Jolly who is at this stage not not uh, releasing the figures, but agree to do so at a later stage. The, the, the worry is not who's going to control the press, but where the money is coming from. And this is what scares me as a South African, and I'm sure a lot of people, is that we need to know that it's clean money. We have the situation a bit like Sandra, where we are being invited to partake in this thing, but to this day, we just still don't know where the backers are, and we are presented with books with black-type pages. That's my concern, and I'm sure many others' concern is let's find out where the money is coming from, and if it's money that cannot, we, as long as it cannot be traced back to us, the taxpayer, then I welcome it. I think it's okay. fantastic. That's Mike and Newlands. Thank you. Let's go to Naeem in Alberton. Hello, Naeem. Hello. Hello, good morning. Greetings to you and your guests. Uh, this whole controversy smacks of double standards and shifting goalposts. 
you know, it's to protect the dominant interest group, what uh, Aubrey Mashiki calls a cultural majority. And let me make three points. Yeah. Firstly, you know, no controversy previously actually uh, generated so much attention that it had to be uh, debated on the forum of at eight or the after eight debate or something. Secondly, uh, till now, you know, suspicion of media agendas haven't been raised, you know, as if uh, Murdoch and others, they don't have media agendas. Only when it's uh, some other uh, ethnic group that owns the media, then suddenly uh, media have agendas. Uh, and then there's this issue of, you know, confidentiality agreements. Like, I mean, your, your previous caller, Mike, says Samrel and all of that. You know, there's a difference between private ownership and public ownership. Now, in pri- private, in private, uh, in the business world, all these uh, confidentiality agreements in the private sector are respected, even though they have massive public interest uh, uh, impact. But uh, suddenly there's a shifting of goalposts here. You know, it smacks uh, like this whole uh, fear mongering when Chinese invest in Africa. There's always a suspicion and fear mongering. Uh, but when it's, uh, you know, Western nations that invest in Africa, there's no agendas, there's no threats, there's no subversion. So it, this is truly just, uh, you know, nowadays you don't get over racism. The racism mm. is always uh, those guys uh, by uh, very subtle arguments about other issues. But okay. when you strip all, all these things there, you, you get this wolf of uh, racist uh, tendencies. Thank you. Well, right, that's Naeem in Alberton. Um, I just, uh, Mr. Mtimte, I believe that you had a pr- there was a slight problem with your land there. Oh, Mr. Mtimte. All right, let's take Soli in Cape Town. Uh, Soli, are you there? Good morning, Kualani. How are you? I'm very good. Go ahead. Wonderful. It's a pity all your guests have left because uh, this is nothing but double standards. Whenever a non-white uh, uh, partner comes in, there's always a lot to say. Do you know, Kualian, uh, I just wanted to speak to Anton Harbour, who I know very well as well. In Limpopo, where I am, the entire, every single town is controlled by Kexton. And a small little newspaper starts up, Kexton comes in, cuts the prices by half. There's a total and utter monopoly, and nobody, nobody has ever raised it from Senzef. Why are they monopolizing every small town and making sure that nobody survives? This would be a very interesting to ask Anton Harbour. Secondly, it is correct that we can ask what it is, who it is, why it is, but why this barrage? If you look at our Senzef and see how it is, when it is Malema, Salebi, or yeah. Sheikh, everything is totally out of proportion. The news goes and goes and goes and on. When it's J.J. Brown who has now acquitted and alleged with 1.4 billion in, uh, of the poor, nobody is asking a question how he lives, where he lives, where he got the money, because this is double standards okay. all the time. All right. So I'm t- asking the question, pretty Anton Hubbard, because I would like to know why does he sit on Kexton, allow this total monopoly, and then sorry. at the end says nothing about it? Sorry, all right. Uh, I thank you very much. Mr. Mtimde, uh, sorry, I, I think there was a little bit of a problem there with your line a little earlier on. I'm not sure how much uh, of uh, the callers that I've taken you heard, uh, but again, clearly, uh, people are expressing all sorts of different views. Your thoughts, please. Yes, I was unfortunately cut when Uno Bala from the SACP was uh, speaking. Um, but uh, having uh, read uh, their statement, I think the, the point they are raising is the very point that we are debating, that let us focus this debate on the the real challenge, which is the challenge of media monopoly in South Africa. We need to transform our media. It is unacceptable that 19 years into our democracy, we have 
we consume every day media that is owned and produced by four main big companies. There is no diversity in respect of languages. There is no diversity in terms of reflecting the, the, the demographics of our country. The MDDA is um, just part of our 10 year anniversary, also um, uh, conducting uh, research, trying to see where are we now after the, the Times Media Limited transaction and after the Segunjalo. Um, um, we, we're hoping to get a better um, um, uh, uh, reflection of where are we, but then come with um, interventions that would help us transform our media going forward. Let me thank you very much. Let me, let me read some SMSs. Professor Anton Harbour should stop demeaning and referring to the ANC as a grouping. ANC is a governing party with support uh, of the overwhelming majority of South Africans. Professor Harbour has no monopoly over media issues. That's Anthony in Johannesburg. Another one says the issue of INM ownership is not secret. It merely follows due legislative and regulatory processes. Professor Harbour is lying in saying that there was this level of debate with other media houses' change of ownership. Reality is that the gripe is the supposed connection of Dr. Server uh, with the ruling party. In my view, Tokyo's Mvela uh, was more politically exposed than Segunjalo uh, when they acquired Avusa. So, in fact, uh, should have been subjected to more scrutiny. In my view, this is uh, a non-issue. We need to focus on transformation in the sector and uh, not allow distractions. No one is questioning the political affiliation of the NASPES and other white minority-owned media houses. By the way, INM has proposed independent editorial pledge which no one is mentioning that is according to ban on sms another one bill in durban says if this takeover is permitted then all in-depth journalism and anti-anc politics will be banned that's a view from bill and when whites and foreigners own control own and control news sources there's no question about ownership and editorial independence even though uh, when they just regurgitate junk why now is this same company that is involved in the coast guard ships the corruption case that's Peter in Johannesburg um, really a race issue not because the country has just been burnt by foreign owned media in bed with the current government that's a question from Anne uh, let's take some more calls then um, let's go to Mzwandile in Johannesburg good morning to you uh, Mzwandile uh, how are you? I'm very well thanks I'm together look I think more than anything uh, what I can say at this present juncture as we're talking about 20 years in, in so-called democracy is that the government is ripping what they saw but this is one of the things that they were supposed to have rectified when they came into power. I'll make an example. I called Ayla uh, last time. I think it was in your show where you had uh, Bob Maswai, where, where, where you spoke about uh, 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 the media uh, ownership. Yeah. I owned a, 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 a newspaper. But it was difficult for me as an African person to get advertisers so that I can be able to run more forward. You've got uh, newspapers uh, circulating around the locations. And those newspapers are not owned by the people who are staying in those locations. And also, the information that we get from the newspapers, those, that information is not determined by the people, but it's determined by certain people who are staying up there to try and, and, uh, and, and control us, and control the, 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 the minds of the people. Up until we decide, we, we realize that media is, is a very, very important tool in terms of educating and misinforming the people, then we'll be able to go somewhere. Right, let's go to Johannes, who is the Deputy Chair of the National Community Radio Forum. Johannes, good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome. Fine, thanks. Uh, I think I would also agree with the previous speaker uh, that uh, the issue of uh, investment from these uh, small uh, 
mostly community-owned media that would be of importance to our society is is is, is one of the challenges. I would I would make an example that uh, some of these uh, minorities have taken over even in community radio. They open a community radio. If you you research or you make your analysis, it's owned by a specific group of people who strategically are linked to these uh, uh, big companies. So I, I don't think really there would be a transformation if if we still have people who really own means of production and are taking over all the extreme uh, measures of the media. Okay. Johannes, I thank you. Um, Mandisa here in Johannesburg. Good morning, Mandisa. Yes, hi. I'd like to um, make comments, but one is really a question. Mm -hmm. I'm a communications practitioner in public relations, and I've been in it for 14 years. And my understanding is that the MDDA, um, and I'm sure Lumko there will be able to respond. My understanding is that the MDDA, in its efforts to um, reduce the monopoly and to diversify the media industry, actually gets money from the mainstream um, mass media owners. Now, for me, that's really, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's almost like, I don't know, it's like a useless effort because how do you expect the very culprit to be the one responsible for transforming? But then again, I suppose that speaks to the failure of BEE and affirmative action. My second um, comment or issue is um, there, there's no differentiation in South Africa. And if you go out into industry and, um, and you're a practitioner in communication, you'll understand what I'm saying. There's no differentiation between community media and commercially owned media that has presence within communities. And that dichotomy creates a lot of frustration, especially for African and black-owned um, media companies. And those are really my two issues, which are, okay. for me, burning issues in the industry. Mandisa, thank you very much. Let me ask uh, Mr. Mtimde. Yes, yes, Mr. Petra. Um, I think uh, Mandisa's... Uh, uh, second point is is a key point, and uh, in our um, effort to try and address that point, uh, we've uh, engaged with the industry, both the the print media um, industry, the advertising industry, and agreed on that differentiation. The industry now agrees to use the MDDA Act definitions of what community media is, what small commercial media is. And all the, the, the knock and drops that are available um, in many areas that are owned by the, um, the conglomerates um, or the mainstream media, they are regarded so in the structure and the definition of the media. So we, we of course, it's going to take time um, um, until the market begins to absorb that. But uh, we've already cleared that matter. The first question she raises in terms of um, the funding model uh, I think deliberately South Africa adopted a funding model that brings together um, the funding from the private sector and the public um, 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 in order to fund this agenda of promoting media development and diversity. But uh, what was the wisdom that was entrenched in the law is in the section, I think, section 2.4 of the Act, wherein the independence of MDDA in its um, uh, decision-making and its operation is entrenched in the law. And therefore, we exercise our power without um, the fear, favor, or prejudice. So, whereas they fund us, but they don't interfere in terms of what we do in respect of our mandate. Also, I think it is important to note that the print media uh, contributes um, the only $4 million a year into the MDDA's budget. So, therefore, it is impossible that they could, therefore, 
influence our agenda um, 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 against what we are mandated to do. But lastly, I just wanted to to, to note that I think um, uh, we need to look at the media in its totality, um, uh, uh, broadcasting, print, but also look at the value chain uh, when we talk about print, who owns what in publishing, who owns and controls what in printing, in distribution, um, in, in um, um, uh, uh, news sources, at ABC, who is the dominant people in the structure of ABC? Yeah. Because it is that context that assists us to tackle this question of media transformation. Because indeed, um, Zwandile, Johannes, and Mandisa's uh, points are, are fair. There is a problem, and we need to confront it. Right. I've got a couple of emails here that I'm going to look at in a minute, but also some SMSs. But let me take Sig and Randberg. Sig, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. I want to say that the free media play a vital role in exposing large-scale corruption in all government uh, departments, including the law enforcement agencies. In fact, they are doing the work that the law enforcement agencies should be doing. That's our free press, because the whistleblowers can still go to them, but they won't be able to go to them when, when the very people who, who, uh, uh, who, who buy up the newspapers are the same people who, whose fishy deals were exposed by the free press. If it wasn't for the free media, we wouldn't know that, that Second Yalo had fishy deals with government uh, corruption All right, so at the very so highest fishing uh, ministry. Thanks All very right. much. Uh, that's Second Randberg. Um, uh, we'll hear from Mr. Tim to whether he thinks that there is a link between the two issues raised by Sig. But uh, some SMSs, there's one from Opa Tasanyan in Sabukeng who says, it goes without saying that based on heavy yoke of secrecy over this deal, that those unnamed partners are from the ANC. I'm worried about MDDA's stance on these issues, but what can one expect from the agency that is failing its core mandate of funding and nurturing new voices from the grassroots level? That's Opa Sasanyane in Sabokeng on email. Uh, another email, just quickly, before we get uh, uh, the closing remarks from Ms. Demtimden. There is an email from Jabu Chilwane who says, Anton says there's no big deal here. Then my question is, why don't they wait for the announcement by Segun Jalo when they are uh, ready to do so instead of pressurizing them to do so now? That is a question uh, also coming through from Jabu Chilwane. Uh, let me get to your closing remarks then perhaps responding to these emails for me if you may Mr. Mtimde um, Perpetra let's start with the freak from Randbeck um, I don't think there's necessarily a, a link between the two issues he's raising because um, if he needs to appreciate that uh, the protection of free and independent media is enshrined in our constitution so there is no way that would be um, um, compromised um, uh, to the extent that, of course, there, there, there could be elements that threaten it, there will always be the law to defend that. And hence, I think South Africans should be um, happy that we have a constitution that protects media freedom. But it is media freedom that is for all, not for a few. And that is the, the bigger challenge that we face in South Africa, because not all South Africans have access to ownership and control of media. And that is what we need to change. Regarding the emails, I think Opa's um, uh, points perhaps need, uh, he, he, he needs some information in terms of what MDDA has done. In its just 10 years, it has supported more than 484 projects throughout the country with as little resources as $239 million. And um, if you look at uh, the non-financial support, the creation of an enabling environment in respect of access to discounted printing, 
access to advertising and um, creating an an environment wherein all three tiers of our media community, public and commercial can coexist, but also promoting languages. If you look at the, the, the newspapers that are available throughout our district municipalities, they are in the languages that are spoken by our people in those areas. That's all the efforts of an agency that is only 10 years. So I think if we provide that information to Oba, he will acknowledge right. and, 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 and accept that uh, we've done a lot in sure. this. We've got to wrap up, but, but I really need to read this email uh, from Yogi in Cape Town, among the many that are unfortunately uh, time is against us. But he says, I think that in South Africa too many people believe the myth that media is impartial. I think we should follow the American model, where we know which media houses and TV networks are conservative right-wing and who are liberal and left-wing. In the US and the UK, they make no pretenses of impartiality. In that way, we as South Africans know which part of the political spectrum that the particular papers, editors, and owners represent. It's a very interesting suggestion uh, Mr. Mtimde because I remember a couple of years ago, uh, South African media tried to do this. There was an election and I think it may have been the start